The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome back everyone to Answers for Elders Radio as we're talking about those important individuals that need to be there for us as we enter our aging years that maybe we may not be able to speak for ourselves or may not be able to be competent to handle our own finances. And Jim and I just spent the first segment for those of you that maybe have missed it. We talked about the power of attorney, both general and healthcare, and we're going to move into now which uh, person is next, Jim. We're going to talk about who needs to be named in your living will. Okay, now this is Ohio. I these are both these are state animals. Powers mm-hmm. of attorney, you know, difference in slight differences in the fifty states. Although it's a yep. to make it uniform, I suspect living wills are very similar in the states, but I, you know, but there may be some slight differences. So you have sure. to figure out what's different in your state. So because I'm going off Ohio, okay. Mm-hmm. But in Ohio, it looks very similar to in Washington, just yeah. so you know. Oh, I, mean, I, I suspect they're because they're all dealing with the same sort of issue the caring, yeah. Terry Shivo. What, how do you make a decision when someone seems to have had their brain shut down on them? Yeah. But the body's kept alive by a respirator and feeding tube, et cetera. Is that what they want? Mm-hmm. And how do you decide? Okay. Well, a living will is a chance for uh, someone who isn't yet. Yeah, I hate to be harsh, but isn't yet brain dead to say, if I am at some point, this is what I want to happen. Right now, the living will isn't used very often. Okay. Because we don't see this happen very often, but when we do, it's traumatic for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't have a way to make a decision on keep them alive, let them go. And we don't know what they wanted. It's really hard because we're talking about letting someone die or keeping sure. someone someone alive who has really no quality of life and no consciousness. Neither is a good choice. So, um, so I urge people to do a living will, but I'm not so fussy about them doing it as I am with uh, healthcare and general powers of attorney mm-hmm. because this is a hard decision for them to make. Um, I had to make it. For yeah. my mother. Yeah. And wasn't that horrible? Yeah. Yeah. And, I still and so, wrestle with it to the, I mean, I know intellectually I did the right thing, but I still, the, yeah. the magnitude of the decision that I had to make um, was very difficult. Yeah. And so that's why I urge people to do this, make the decision for themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. But still some people don't want to, because if I sign a living will, I'm going to have mm-hmm. a traumatic brain injury tomorrow. That's not how it do works. You, in Ohio have what's called a um, pulsed form, which is physician's order of life-sustaining treatment. Do you know um, what I'm talking about? We have something about? like it, but I don't think we have the specific pulsed form. It's where you put on the refrigerator. You don't know, you don't have that. Oh, here, we call them, here we call them do not resuscitate orders. Okay, that's, that's something that... Um, I, I thought of when you were talking about this because that's a I know that that's another that's another thing of because there's no one named at least here in Ohio there's no one you need to name on a DNR correct the DNR you don't. is I have a horrible health condition 
And if I have a heart attack, don't resuscitate me. Correct. No that is CPR exactly order. what that says. And it's a okay. line, it's a bright neon green, at least yeah. here in Washington state. And here we use necklaces and uh, mm -hmm. bracelets. I even heard of one person tattooing it on their chest. You know, wow. we're on a CPR, open the chest. Oh, okay, don't do CPR. Yeah. The most common thing is someone who has something horrible like ALS or, or, yeah. or horrible, painful cancer. And if they happen to have a uh, heart attack that ends their pain sooner, they at least are willing to accept that. Welcoming it's a different question and you know yeah. approach differently, but they're at least willing to accept that. And yeah. but that's that's a do not resuscitate order, and there's no one else named in that other than the physician who agrees with the decision. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, in a living will, they name someone who gets the unfortunate phone call that, hi, this is Dr. Newman. It appears, you know, we have Jim Kaler here. It appears that his brain is not functioning and doesn't seem to be getting oxygen to the brain. Or no right. oxygen uptake in the brain. Um, and this is, the, so the person on the other end of the line receiving the call from Dr. Newman is the person named in living will, and that's their job is to receive that unfortunate phone call mm -hmm. and let the other loved ones know. Yeah. However, all too often, granted, this doesn't happen, you know, living wills aren't triggered very often, but when they are, if the family's already fighting because that's what families do, oh, mm -hmm. I'm in the living, I'm limited to the living will, I'm in charge now. Well, that's because they don't know the law and they haven't read the form. They just see their name there and assume they're in charge. But they're all they're in charge of is answering the phone. Sure. Um, but you want someone. Well, for your, so you're likely to name your spouse first because that's the relationship you've chosen that relationship. Right. Um. After that, I I keep it aligned with the the healthcare and general powers of attorney, which is name the person yep. most likely to take you in should you need long term care. Mm -hmm. And this has nothing, almost nothing to do with long-term care, but I, just as I, with the powers of attorney, wanted to give the care, likely caregiver the power to get help and I mean, choose help and pay for help, mm -hmm. I don't want that watered down by having someone else name the living will and say, oh, now I'm in charge. Okay. If you well, and the other thing that just from a practical standpoint, if you're the quote unquote family caregiver, you're, you know, you're advocating for that person anyway, you know what their wishes would be, even if it isn't written down on paper, you have yeah, that. But, yeah. That, but if it's not written down, I know, there is, but there, there are things that are not if, written down, Jim. Right. Even <laughs> if, even if this person has authority to make the decision yeah. in the power of attorney, they may one hesitate to do so. Mm -hmm. because it's not really care decision anymore right and it is this is a traumatic decision either way you go is. this is a traumatic decision it is okay but um they're also then more uh, there there's after we push back from others because here in ohio anyway somebody said well mom told me she revoked that she doesn't want that anymore and now we're into a proof problem yep but, and there's no way to avoid that Okay, there's yep. no way. To, well, there is a way to avoid that, but that would be eliminating all your children before they, before you go brain dead. Um, and you might want to, but don't involve me. Um, yeah. The um, but I like keeping this consistent with the people named in the powers of attorney to be the agents in the same order 
just to avoid the I'm in charge now problem. Okay. The Al Haig after uh, Reagan got shot. Oh, I'm in charge, even though he was like eighth in line. Yeah. And he just, you know, he he peed on it and marked his territory that he was in charge now. (laughs) Uh, And he wasn't. But, you know, so to avoid that problem, I suggest naming the, the same person in the living will, same people in the living will in the same order as in the powers of attorney. Mm-hmm. because they do kind of go hand in hand yeah okay so let's now jump to the regular will or the last will and testament okay um and naming your executor or administrator or whatever they call it in your state okay mm-hmm. here it's executor administrator is for someone who doesn't have a will um but uh, again name the spouse first and that's this is easy for the spouse to back out of if he or she doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But name the spouse first because it's simply the, the most likely one because they're going to get most everything anyway in most situations. Okay. So just let them handle it. And, and they also, in many states, get paid for their service of being the executor. So fine, leave that with the spouse. Okay. Um, if the spouse has passed away or the person is single or you're just putting a backup in case the spouse spouse passes away before you do, then you need to look for someone who gets stuff done, meets deadlines, and doesn't knuckle under under from pressure uh, from the other heirs or from any of the heirs, okay? Because I know Mm -hmm. you don't like an heir being uh, an executor, and that makes a certain amount of sense, and I can go either way on that, okay? And I'll give you a chance to explain your reasoning on that in a second. <laughs> That's okay. I love no, that you have the. I like your reasoning. It's really good. Okay. But I, I still want to go to the, the other personality traits first because an executor's job is to roll up the business affairs of the mm-hmm. dead person's life. Correct. Okay. There's, there may, there's some sentimental questions, but the sentimental questions rarely involve assets that the court cares about unless there's a fight over those assets okay probate courts care about assets that have a paper trail because the probate court can fix the paper trail mm-hmm. the paper trail ended with the now dead person and they can then regenerate it into a living person okay mm-hmm. or charity or whatever you know whatever is named in the will mm-hmm. okay um but it's Lots of forms, lots of opportunities for hearings to make sure no one complains about what the executor is going to do. Lots of deadlines to get stuff done because the probate court wants to keep this moving. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so you're just looking for very business-like, very let's get it done. Just fill out the stinking form, submit it on time, person. Um, whether they have sentimental feelings toward you or not may not matter unless their sentiment is going to take away their, their business-like traits. Okay. This is just uh, to quote Larry, the cable guy, which I almost never do just get her done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's what this is. Yeah. Just push the thing through and get it done. And uh, yes, there may be disputes that the, that the executor has to at least take the first shot at, so that's why you want someone who does not knuckle under pressure. Um, but uh, otherwise, pressure or no pressure, just get the forms filled out and get keep it moving. Right. Okay. 
don't. And I guess I approach it as more of a sentimental thing because I think of it as who's going to make sure that my animals get rehomed to the right home. Who's the one that's going to take care of the things that I most care about, like my grandmother's, you know, uh, tea cart and all those. And I think that's still, I think that's still the person who's who's very business like and pushes it through. Yeah. Okay. But unless it is share zero 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 one a ford motor company right no one has sentimental attachment to the ford shares in the uh in the person's estate it's Mm -hmm. the value of the ford shares they care about okay but the sentimental stuff the antique chair the the drawing that your great grandchild did in sixth grade um those may or may not lead to a fight, but the court generally doesn't care about them unless there's a fight over them. Yeah. So So, we're going to talk in our next segment about trusts. That's a whole other thing. And uh, you know what? I'm excited to hear what Jim has to say right after this, everyone. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at jkoewler-afe, that's jkoewler-afe at protectingseniors.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey go a lot easier. 